0: We want to talk to you about the legislative body in california you have a lot of experience in this body can you tell us how this place works i can probably
1: better tell you how it doesn't work the greatest threat we have in america today is the people are losing their authority and power in the councils of government why one is apathy of the american people they just don't want to be bothered two is Governors, legislators, bureaucrats don't want to have the public involved either. Then they can push their agenda much more simply and with less less accountability. And it's, it's just
0: sad. My guest today is Jim Nielsen, California state senator. The people have lost control. We the people. Well, that's not how it really works. It's not we the people. It's we the government. Have the people lost their voice in the state of California? Does the majority party leave any room for different ideologies? Let's get an insider's perspective on how our legislators operate in California. I'm Siamai Kurami. welcome to California Insider.
1: Glad to be here.
0: We want to talk to you about the legislative body in California. Uh, There's a lot going on in California that the average Californians may not connect to, especially when it comes to these laws that are passing. You have a lot of experience in this body. Can you tell us how this place works? I can probably better tell you how it doesn't
1: work. Okay. And understand I first came to the legislature in 1978 and I've been around it in different capacities, including I'm one of the longest tenured members in history of California legislature. But I've also served in the executive branch as the head of different agencies. So I've seen the bureaucratic side as well as the legislative side. And the bottom line is, over decades, by design, not by happenstance, not by unintended consequences. The people have lost control. You know our preamble, we the people, well that's not how it really works. It's not we the people, it's we the government. That has been concocted by legislators over years and by bureaucrats over years and by executive branch people over years, and that includes governors. They want to be the bosses, not the people. And the greatest threat we have in America today is the people are losing their authority and power here in the councils of government. Why? One is apathy of the American people. They just don't want to be bothered. Two is governors, legislators, bureaucrats don't want to have the public involved either. Now let me give you an example. At the end of a hearing, historically, there has been an opportunity for public comment. That would be anybody could call in or come in and offer public comment. Well, now that has been constrained. Even in the formal process, public comment used to be very broadly based,
0: very widely accepted, no longer. So this is when people can have a chance to talk about a law and give feedback Indeed. and say this doesn't work. or A this law
1: work. or a policy or a regulation. And why did that end? Well, legislators, governors, bureaucrats didn't want the people to know. So if you close the people out, that's how you get, it. you get that end. Now what does that look like? It looks like this. Public comment is at the end of the hearing. We've had people speak for and against. We didn't use to limit who got to speak for and who got to speak against. Now we do. Two proponents get to speak three minutes each. So we've limited the number of people testifying and the amount of time they can speak to three minutes each. And then after that, two for, two against, then anybody can come forward. And all they get to do is one minute. And then all they get to do is say, I'm for it, I'm against it. I'm Jim Nielsen, I'm for it. I'm Jim Nielsen, I'm against it. That is now considered here in the legislature public input. State your name, the organization you represent, if you do, and are you for or against it. That is a fraud. That is duplicity and indicating to the public they're
0: having some input.
1: That is not meaningful input. It's a disgrace.
0: So in the past, people could come in the numbers if they didn't agree with the law or if the law affected them in a negative way, they could come and tell the legislative body. But now it's just, they have to say... Absolutely.
1: And the same thing happens in the administrative branch of government, too, through... Uh, It's not by law, it's by regulation. The agencies pass regulations, and they then will interpret what the legislators intended or what they, the agency, decided that the legislator intended. And so it's done in the administrative branch. Now, quite frankly, some 40 years ago when I first got here, I went to work with Leo McCarthy, then the Speaker of the Assembly, to have the Administrative Procedures Act passed, which brought a sense and semblance of order to the administrative branch of government. What does that mean? The administrative branch of government has to, number one, be sure that the regulation they pass has a legal foundation. and. That, that has got to be determined. Then one of the considerations, and that was my gift, the agency in promulgating and proffering a regulation had to consider the economic impact of the regulation. Whoa, the agencies did not want any part of that. The administrations didn't want any part of that. Don't talk about how much it's gonna cost. Oh no, that's not, that's not public information. The heck it isn't. So that's pretty well been squeezed out of the process. It's still on the books, but it's given the short shrift. And considering the economic impact, never has been given a priority.
0: So you mentioned this place doesn't work in terms of not representing, it seems like it's not representing the public. And you have a democratic majority in California. Can you explain how does it work, the relationship between Democrats and Republicans, and who makes the decisions here?
1: Increasingly, over the years, and this would be over the decades, it has been solely the Democratic Party, with very little input from Republicans. We maybe get to ask some questions in committee. But we do not get information timely. The analysis of the bills that is done mostly by the Democrat staff doesn't get to the Republican members in a timely manner. And that's by design. And what's a timely manner? When do they send it to you guys? The timely manner would be giving you enough time to review all of the pages of the bill or the language of the bill. And sometimes that takes hours. In major bills, that would take hours to review that. It can't be done in just minutes, for sure. And so there's a limitation, the amount of information that a member can have access to. My own experience with the budget committee and with policy committees, we Republicans get information about bills only belatedly. And well after, the Democratic Party functionaries have gotten the information and had a lot of time to review it. And that does not allow public input. That is not public input. And public input is not, I'm Jim and I like it, I'm Joan and I don't like it. That's not public input. It's a fraud for the legislators to say that's public input. It is not. That is not in the faintest way or manner, public input, but it's expedient. So the powers that be, which would be mostly committee staff and sometimes legislators, they give it the short shrift and only the message they want gets out on record.
0: What about the rest of the Democrats? So you've got the Republicans, which seems like you guys are in a minority. What about the, the Democrats in the legislative body? Do they have equal amount of power?
1: No. The average Democrat does not. They're cut out, too. They generally have more information than the Republicans do. That's for sure. But they don't have the amount of information that they need. And very often, I am um, I debate against a bill, for example. And after the b- debate and the vote, Democratic members will come up to me and say, Jim, you made some great points. I said, well, yeah, I think so. Well, why don't you vote with me? Because so I made great points, but you voted against me. Well, I can't go against the caucus. I said, what about your constituents? If your constituents have a position different than your caucus, who are you going to vote for? Your constituents or the caucus. Well, I can't vote against the caucus. I don't like that. Why not? Party discipline to control the message and to control the statute and to control the outcome.
0: So they're afraid of getting disciplined by their own party because they decided to to go on an issue that their constituents want wanted that that way.
1: Yes. And you cannot claim that what we have now, what we've devolved to, not evolved, but devolved to, is public input. It is not public input. A person cannot get up there and describe the bill, the language of the bill, and what it means to them their interpretation of it or their discussion of the impact of that bill on them. They can't do that. The
0: the short shrift cuts that all out. Now, who is in charge in this body? Who are the ones that are making the decisions? There must be some people that are making most of the decisions here.
1: Basically, it's the rule of 21 and 41, whatever party's in power. 41 or 21. Not so much 27, you know, a, a two-thirds majority. Mostly it's just to have a majority. But it's, it's the party in power that controls. And more importantly, it's the party in power embodied in, by individual <clears throat> legislators or and the caucus position, the Democratic Party position, the Republican Party position. That's, that's what controls. And the majority party can control what information the minority party even gets to review. We have our own staff to review, but why do they, how do they control that? The Democrat staff get this information far in advance of the Republican Party. So to that degree, the public is cut out or limited their access to the information or the analysis, and they have to depend on the majority party's interpretation, and and that goes along with the whim of the majority party member. Most of the time that would be by the the chairman of the caucus or the uh, party leader. And sometimes that could be the chairman of the committee, too.
0: So are there a few individuals in the Democratic Party that, that control most of the power in this body that, based on what you've seen? Yes. The leaders pretty much control it. They do.
1: They can control whether a bill gets brought up or not. They can control the outcome of the vote on that bill. And, and how much information is provided to the members. Majority party members, minority party members.
0: So was it like this when you started? Because you have a long history in this building, in this. I go this back to party.
1: 1978, and it was in those times rather different. The majority party didn't have such a lust to dominate and to control. And that meant that the minority party had more input and they had more information. And through the years that amount of input has diminished or has been cut back and restricted such as you get to speak one minute for one minute again. That's That's limiting public input, that is not granting public input. And who benefits? Well, it's expedient, and you don't have as much time taken up in committee hearings because you don't have as many people speaking as long, but you also are limiting the amount of information available to the members of the committee who are voting, and therefore they. can have a biased view. A biased view promulgated by the staff of the committee, not by the citizens. So are you saying
0: a lot of the people that are voting, they don't even know what they're voting for because there's not enough information and time?
1: I say that often. I will often in a committee look up at the camera because these committee hearings and floor sessions are filmed. And I say, I'm not speaking to the members of this committee. I'm not speaking to the members on this floor. I'm speaking to whoever's out there watching this. This is what your legislature has become. They are here to represent you and to articulate as the best they can your point of view. They don't even know what they're voting on. They only got information about this within the last hour or even within the last few minutes. They don't know what's going on here. And unfortunately, that's by design, not by happenstance.
0: And things like that are happening with the budget as well. You had some criticism on the budget, the process that the budgeting is done, which we have billions of dollars going Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, it's been corrupted in another way, the so-called trailer bills. You have the budget bill. Then we had Budget Bill Junior, a second budget bill. And then we have trailer bills. Now what's a trailer bill? Historically, a trailer bill is statutory change necessary to implement the provisions of the budget. Very simple. No, not so simple. Because the trailer bills have become a whole new venue to legislate, not to govern a budget or to craft a budget or to implement a budget, but rather to introduce new ideas, new statutory changes. I just proffered today a letter to the Legislative Council asking if this bill, A bill, really has a statutory foundation or not because if it doesn't have a statutory foundation, it's illegal, it's an underground regulation at
0: best. So are people using the budget to pass laws by getting funding without really going through the procedure? It doesn't go through the legislative
1: process. Now, a lot of bills do, but they don't have to. And if somebody wants to be sneaky about it, then they will just run it through Administrative Procedures Act. Do a regulation within an agency and they write what they want. So they're not writing a regulation, which is what's required to implement the provisions of a statutory change. They're using a statutory change to pass a bill and they're using the Administrative Procedures Act as a means of passing a bill. That's not the way it's supposed to work. Administrative Procedures Act is, was another check and balance that got corrupted over the years. Started way back in '78, and I was working with the then powerful Speaker Leo McCarthy to pass the Administrative Procedures Act, which was to govern and control and make more public how an agency put forth a regulation to implement the provisions of a statutory change, and now that's been corrupted for years. So why do you think this is happening to us now? It's happening because the legislature gets away with it, because the bureaucracy gets away with it. Nobody calls them on it, particularly the press. They hardly ever complain about these abuses of process, the diminished voice of the public in the legislative and in the budget process. Big ho-hum. The media does not like to cover this stuff. Oh, once in a while there will be a big scoop, and some paper will do a big story, but not often. They just, uh, that's not sexy, doesn't sell papers, and they don't get to spin it the way they want to.
0: Now, what do you think can happen to us if this continues? We're headed in this direction. It seems like things are getting more somewhat unethical here, right? Is that...
1: Absolutely. And and what is happening is Joe Citizen doesn't know what's going on. And they don't know what's going on because even their elected representative, who is here in the Capitol, and their staff don't know what's going on. And that has been by, not happenstance, but by design. A small amount of it is apathy of the individual citizen. Oh, well, I just don't care. Or I don't make a difference. Or I don't want to go to the trouble of looking into this bill. That certainly is a part of it. But the bigger thing is just day by day by day, the neglect of the public to pay attention to what's going on in its legislature.
0: So it seems like a few individuals here really control the whole legislative body.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. It really is.
0: And what do you think will happen to us if we continue in this direction?
1: It's a centralization of power in America, in the agencies of government. It's a removal of the public from their say and their opportunity to have their say in the political, and in the budget process. And therefrom, you do not have an in-depth critical review of what's being passed in the legislature, of what's being put into law through regulation, what's been put into law through statutory change, and the public is just simply diminished in its say of what's going on.
0: Now, do you have a solution for our audience, people that are watching the show in California that that care about California? And once in a while, they hear a law passing that doesn't make sense to them.
1: Joe Citizen, take control of your lives. For example, I've been after the school boards the last couple of years. Get into the classroom. See what's going on in the classroom. Well, because of COVID, they kind of did, had to get into the classroom. That was the only way you saw into the classroom. Because of COVID, you couldn't go there, you, but you got to see through remote learning. And they didn't like what they saw. Major policy changes that they didn't like. And they, the public, losing the accountability, the, the control, the ability to govern what was being passed in legislation and in regulation. And that was largely by design. The bureaucracies, the governors, the presidents, they don't want the public to know. Then they can push their agenda much more simply and with less less accountability. And it's, it's just sad, that's all it is. We, the people, need to take our government back into our hands and out of the hands of bureaucrats and governors and presidents.
0: Now with the situation here in the Capitol, how would the average Jew do that? Because it seems like even the representatives are not doing that.
1: It would require some intellectual curiosity. It would require some aggressive standing up and being counted. It would require learning about the legislative process and how it worked and how it didn't work, and speaking up mostly. Taking control of your life by speaking up and inputting the legislative and the budget process. Most Californians do not do that.
0: Now, do you think it's still possible to do that? Because it seems like a few individuals have consolidated a lot of power in this.
1: Absolutely, over decades. And it's the apathy of the average Californian that lets that happen. If we want to grab that power back and put it into our hands, that's the way it's supposed to work. And we can do that. But it requires some effort on the part of the public. People sometimes will be complaining to me about things. And and they'll say, well, that's why I elected you. I said, yes, you did. And that's part of my job. But I do a lot better job if I have some help. Another set of eyes on this bill. And you know the subject matter area because you are a teacher, you are law enforcement, you are whatever. And so other eyes have reviewed this and you bring that to my attention. And now I'm sitting on a formally empowered in a committee and, and I can use that information. It's very helpful. That's how it ought to work. And the public then has a voice in the committee, on the floor, and to the governor as well through the Administrative Procedures Act and through the agencies of state and federal government.
0: Now, if we continue the way we are going now, what do you think a decade decade from now, how do you think California would look like?
1: The public will have less and less input and less and less control over their lives, what affects them, because other powers that have consolidated the authority in themselves, not in the hands of the public, are, are controlling factors now. It is some bureaucrat in some bureaucratic office or some administrator in a governor's office of whatever that consolidates the power and governs and controls the message. And that is a compromise of public input. That is not public input. And we've gotten far too much of that.
0: Do you think we're headed in a direction where we might lose some of our freedom as a result of this?
1: Well, historically Californians have gotten fed up, okay? I'm one who did. In 1978, I teamed up with many others as well as with Paul Gann and Howard Jarvis to pass Proposition 13 because spending in this state was out of control. And we needed to say, hey, enough. Let's let's do it a little different. Let's have some rules here. We're being taxed out of our homes. We need to pass some property tax reform. The legislature wouldn't do it, so the people did. And thank gosh, they're still here and they still can be counted on. Just this year, again, it happened nationwide with our schools. Because of COVID and remote learning, the parents got to look into the classrooms. They hadn't been looking into the classroom, even though they could have, but they didn't. You can tell the reasons, but I'm not even going to get into that. But they didn't. Well, all of a sudden, they were brought into the classroom through remote learning. And they said, my God, I don't like this. So what did they start doing? They utilized the tool, one of the tools available to them, and that was the recall of school board members. So this year, a bunch of school board members had been recalled. What is the response of the School Boards Association? Ah, they, they put forth legislation to make it harder to qualify to put a repeal on the ballot or to, uh, to put, it made it
0: harder to put a policy on the ballot. To put a recall election on the ballot, right? Somebody To recall somebody. They want to make it harder for...
1: Make it harder for the public to have input. Simple as that. Requiring more signatures, for example. That's why. Or limiting who got to vote on something. Oh, it scared them to death. To get parents in the classroom? Oh, man. I have a... Funny anecdote, my wife got in the elevator in front of the governor's office a few years ago, and these two bureaucrats came in. Now they didn't know she was there or who she was, but as they got in the elevator, one turned to the other and said, well, we've got to go see Nielsen. And the other one said, well, we better put our bulletproof vests on, because I'm a known quantity as far as being critical of the agencies of government and their excessive use of their powers." And he said, well, we gotta go see Nielsen. Better put our bulletproof vest on. Well, that's my job. As a voice for the public, I get to be there. And it is my job to be there. It is my job to oversee, but it is also a job of the citizens too, to help and help oversee.
0: So you think Californians will get more involved in the near future and turn things around?
1: When they finally get fed up enough, absolutely. They have to get fed up enough, though, and they have to get personally affected enough. When their lives are affected by some policies of government, then they get real upset. Most recently was three years ago, EDD, the absolute debacle. And by the way, that hasn't been fixed yet either. It's been just
0: gratuitously... Uh, the unemployment checks that wasn't getting to people and the fraud and all that, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Prisoners were getting checks, but the people that needed it, the they unemployment checks they weren't checks. getting it.
1: Because the agencies didn't care. They didn't, you know, and it's always, well, we need more staff. We, the, 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 the problem is more staff. Give us more staff, give us more money, raise our budget. It's always, uh, we need more money. That's government's only answer to changing anything, more money. And I disabused these agencies long ago when they come in to me. Don't come in saying, we need more money. Said so That's the least good argument for me. If you can support it in some way, justifying that expenditure of the money and how that will translate into good policy for the people, all right, we've got something to talk about. But to tell me to fix your problem at EDD because you don't have enough staff, I'm sorry, I don't buy that.
0: Now, do you have any other thoughts for our audience?
1: No, I, I think that what, what I would really hope, and uh, your, you, uh, Epic, Times is doing a good job, getting this information in, into the hands of the public so they know better and can better understand what we're dealing with here, what they are dealing with, what the impact on them and their lives and their children and their children's future is going to be and what they can do if they don't like the way the train is running we still are a country ruled by the people now we've abdicated that a lot over the decades but we still can control it and we still must control it
0: senator jim Nielsen, it was great to have you on california insider
1: thank you